This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, power hour, hour two here inside the locker room. Was that a little loud? Somebody's had their coffee. Oh, vitamin B is amazing for me. Max, <laughs> I, I I've gotten to a point now where I just know I have to turn you down whenever you bring the segments in because you all you always come in smoking. That's right. I like to bring the thunder. You know what I'm saying when I come into these segments. <laughs> T- I'll teach this microphone who's boss. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, my friend. Yes. Yes. No. Um. You know, I, I was I was just I was just lamenting with you guys and and talking about my good buddy Keith Reese. Um, I call him the camera wizard. He works for CBS. He's on the A crew, so obviously, really nice dude. Camera guy, yeah, yeah. And so he he was uh, he was sharing with us, sharing with me and uh, and Chuck Sorelli, um, also with CBS, was sharing uh, sharing his his, uh, his Joe Namath stories, and the story was amazing. Um, that he saw him on the field, and his dad, uh, Keith's dad, went to school with Joe Namath, and they knew, you know, they knew each other, and and he, and Joe was in the midst of telling stories to Keith about his dad, about them growing up, and so like you know, the handler is Super Bowl, you know, they have all the MVPs on the um, on the field, and so, <coughs> so they try to get him off, and Broadway Joe looks <laughs> at the handler <laughs> and goes, "Hey." You know what? Me and this guy drank from the same well water. Give us a minute. <laughs> How awesome is that? Oh my gosh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, but back to back to the Steelers. Yes, and back to kind of where we're at. We talked about injuries and we talked about right. those guys. Um, but game plan and mentality, Wolf. Um, you know, you know, one of the questions I posed to you is we're, we're now in day three right. of Raiders prep, right? Because yep. after the Monday night game, you know, listen, you didn't get the Monday correction practice. So, boom, we got to go on Tuesday because we're playing on Sunday. Yep. So, guys come in. You kind of get a little move around, figure out what actually is bruised on your body because you don't know right after a game right? because of the adrenaline in your system. You take stock, Wednesday practice. Now you got Thursday practice coming up today. And – you know, the mentality of having to get over a victory, no matter how crazy it was, and you want to talk about it, you've got to turn your focus towards the Raiders. Right. So, you know, in your mind, what what is the process mentally as we get to this point in the week as far as turning the page after such a late game. And we had the latest Monday night game. So, yeah. I mean, literally, literally, we started at 8 and we ended at almost midnight. So, guys didn't leave the, leave the building until well after midnight to get home. Um, Can we just so, say we started on Monday and ended on Tuesday? <laughs> yes. You know what? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, we could say that. And we still trudge on. We still show up. That's right. You know? Whether it's an airport lounge, conference room. <laughs> I can't imagine trudging, trudging up the hill that. to Bridgeville. I wouldn't yeah. even know the first thing about hooking things up to do something in a Listen, what, the, the club you, you in Chicago. Yeah, the, 
Yeah, the, the club lounge, I, I was just amazed they had a conference room because I walked around like trying to figure out, okay, where's a quiet spot? I said, oh, conference room. <laughs> this will be perfect. You have to go like talk to the people and negotiate with them about getting that room. Um, but, you know, as I look at it, you know, what wh- what are you feeling? Like the player's mentality, f- how do you feel knowing that you just you just had a very physical right. bruising game and you got to turn the page and get on a plane and and you, and also to note we're leaving early to get to Vegas on Saturday. Exactly. Normally it's so. an afternoon departure. So how do you mentally prepare for that? And what do you have to do physically to get yourself ready uh, for the next matchup? Starting right now, man, it is about doing the rehab thing because of the fact that you come off a late game. There's no doubt. You got to get the massage. You got to get the sauna, whatever you need to do to get your body cooking a little bit and get some of that last week's game out of you. But you've got to turn that focus right away. So optimally for me, whenever I had a situation like that, it's all about making sure that my focus is laser-like moving forward, you know, because you, you, you'd like to sit and correct more of the things that were wrong with Monday night, and you've got to to a degree, but it's, it's too late to, like, have, you know, devoting total practices to that. You've got to move forward. And one of the things you look at the Raiders, the Raiders gave up a lot of rushing yards to the Buff Bills. You know what I mean? The Raiders yeah. gave up a high percentage passing to Josh Allen. Josh killed him with 84% accuracy uh, this this past weekend. When you watch the Buff Bills line go after the Raiders line on film, you watch a line that comes off and they just kept grinding and kept grinding. You know, the guy up front that makes me nervous, you watch Max Crosby. Max Crosby is like, I don't, I'm not sure how to describe him. He reminds me, did you ever see the day after tomorrow? You know, with uh, Dennis Quaid yeah. oh, and it was yeah. the, the, uh-huh. the thing, right? And and they got to get on that one ship, but they got these hungry dogs, these wild wolves, right, that are, like, on the ship, and they got to, like, elude these hungry wolves that will, like, just smash themselves into the steel door trying to get at the guys because they're hungry. They're starving, right? You watch Max Crosby. That's the way he rushes the passer. I mean, he looks like he's, uh, at times, you know, a crazed wild animal, man. He's throwing uppercuts, swims, boom, 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 you know, double punch to the chest, throwing left, right, this, that, spin, everything, you know. I mean, and watching, he's going to yeah. come off of both sides. So, you know, you, you first identify the real dangerous guys up front and shift your attention if you are going to be one of those guys that's going to be participating and putting that guy down, you know, trying to trying to block him. Um, you've, you've got to shift towards that and get your mental functions all like queued up to what that guy does. Yeah. And I I think that also goes part and parcel to, you know, getting, getting your look squad ready, I think as well. Right. Right. Like you got to identify a guy, Hey, Hey, we, we need to talk about this. And and this is where like your, your research and your development comes in as, as a, as a film watcher, as a player, I have to notate, and I don't know how you did your film um, study, uh, but in my notebook, I would I would I would write down okay tendencies, right, and then I would also ju- I would also chart down and distance tendencies when I'm watching film. Oh, like that's what good. like what like what's this tendency? And then of course in blitz formations, like what gives me the key from everybody else to then look at the key that my player is giving me. So I would then have you know, front recognition. So 
when we're in our most popular fronts, right? Whether it's, you know, you know, back, back in the day, I mean, it was, I write, you know, twins, write, Um, you know, trips, right. And then I'd have tendencies in those. And then I go, boom, do the stuff to the left side. And so it was a process. Like, I will say this, like I was, I was a very anal note taker. Um, I was very type a when it came to my process and my wife can attest to this. Like I watched film like crazy at right because then when i came into practice or came into our meetings i didn't pay as much attention because I, I was like dude i just put in three and a half hours last night yeah like of watching all of this and stop rewind fast forward and then and then every thursday our offensive line got together and i would rent the uh i'd rent a computer projector um and the mouse clicker mm-hmm. from uh from uh, mac who was head of our video department and you know, and Mac would give me the same spiel every way. Hey, make sure you bring it back. This is proprietary. I'm like, I, I got it, Mac. I know, I know what it is. I'm not, I'm not calling over the other For team. For almost a to decade, you heard us. that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, Mac, seriously. He's like, I have to say it, Max, because you never know. I'm like, I've been renting from you for seven years now. Like I borrow and I bring it back every Friday. Like I get it on Thursday. I bring it back Friday. It's in the same condition it is. In fact, I can start saving files on this computer because I'm the only one that probably does this, okay, in the entire facility. I didn't go full Peyton Manning like steal a Betamax out of a, out of a meeting room, okay? So, you know, so and it was funny because I remember the progression when we got to computers because my first couple of years um, with the Steelers, I had to go get VHSs and I had to mm. actually write out what I wanted and they would then record it onto a VHS and give it to me. Okay. And... This is also the era of DVDs at the uh. time, mind you. So I literally had to go out and buy a TV VCR combo Ooh. television. Did you write it, put it off? it in my office. Yeah, you could write oh, it off. Of course I did. Of okay, course good. I did. Yeah, of right. course I did. But I had to find <laughs> the combo like because they weren't making VHS players by themselves anymore <laughs> because we were in the DVD era. Right. So... I had to go buy this like little, like small, like 22 inch TV that had the VCR combo on it and sit it on my desk. And I had to sit that close because that screen was small. It was a tube television, you know, it wasn't like a flat screen and plasma and everything else that was popular. So, and watch film, but I had to do this like with every single cut up. They couldn't combine cut ups. So I would, I would come home with like six or seven DVDs or, Mm. or VHSs. That I would I would then pile through, and then of course once we got to DVDs, a lot easier for them to burn them, and then we got to the computer to where I could actually rent the computer with all of that information in it. So it was a progression, but I mean I watched I would say on my own on average I probably watched about ten to twelve hours of tape outside of what we watched in meetings, outside of what we watched as an offensive unit. I'd watched all of that tape two to three times before we even get to it. So. I was always mentally prepared. That's why I was able to kind of teach my teammates and, and help them out during game day. But my note-taking was that meticulous. And then I would then go to um, my teammate, you know, and say, hey, this is what he does. And I give him kind of my, my notes about it. So in practice, if you can utilize these type of things based on the situations, you'll see what the downs are and give me those cues so I can be fresh to see what I'm seeing and you can help me continue to progress on it. You know, I remember for years I had like, you know, Chris Carter, Arnold Harrison and some different guys that would help me with that. Um, and even James, James Harrison early on in his career before he became a starter. Um, 
and we would and we would go through that, and then we talk about it after practice, and I get a couple extra reps. Uh, but that's what you have to do as a teammate, right? You know, you sacrifice to give them looks, and I did the same for our guys. James Harrison, you know, when, uh, would ask me to give him something when he'd go up against Jonathan Ogden, mm-hmm. or if he had like an Orlando Pace or Walter Jones or Willie Rove type. You know, I was a big body type, so I would go and have to mimic some of the stuff that they did. Right. Um, to help him out, to get him ready for Sunday. And that's just kind of what you do as a teammate. So that's something I, I look at is where's your film study at at this point in the week? It, you know, it's got to be on Thursday. point. Yes. You got to no be on question. point. And you got to get those guys and pull them in as well. See, we didn't have all the accoutrements that you guys have uh, back in the yeah. day. You know, all we had was the 16 millimeter, whatever. And, you know, the, the, the film and it would break. <laughs> And that was yeah. that was such a pain in the butt trying to um, tape, you know, the, the the frames together, and then you'd lose like a couple plays. So it could be like a, a real problem. But the fact is, it's what you're talking about is so essential right now. It's moving forward, being able to focus on those that are gonna you're going to be directly involved with, and then the bigger pictures of what you need to have ready at your you know ready go when you hit kickoff and part of that is going to be and for me it was always the um the discipline of the uh, mental gymnastics that you had to do because for me watching the film i'd watch it you know before practice after practice then i'd go home and then i would sit with my playbook and just go mentally over all the defensive variations like back in the day with the doomsday defense the dallas flex you know you'd have the the ability to have uh, randy white crawling up in that three technique he's dead on on your nose actually and you know he's in a four point or in the bow where they would have the two defensive tackles about three yards off the ball and it was all designed to to negate and neutralize the Steelers trapping offense you know what I mean uh, yeah. where they stagger guys, you know, so that you can't get the defensive ends and in, in some in the flex defense, the defensive ends are like three yards back and the defensive tackles are at the line of scrimmage. In the bow, the defensive tackles are three yards off the ball and the defensive ends, the you know, Har, uh, Harvey Martin and uh, Too Tall Jones, those guys are up at the line of scrimmage. So it's it was just that variety, just a, a couple differences differences in the defense but then you got to go through that and make sure you know every play for every situation and you are fully prepared to go because game time is going to be upon you before you even know it absolutely and I think that's what you kind of have to be ready for because you don't know what the different factors are and what they're thinking about for you so if you can be on top of it if you can do your job it's going to be more effective and if you can have others also help you with doing your job right because that's this is the, the the true meaning of a team sport is that team um involvement you've got it, it takes more than just one to do it this isn't this isn't golf where tiger woods goes out and he hits you know a thousand a thousand putts you know to get better at putting right right you know or your 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 coco golf and you go and you hit the, and, you, and you bring out the ball machine and you just work on your on your forehand returns. Um, no, you got to have teammates because it's eleven guys on the field working in coordination and each guy has their own unique set of problems because the other human being across from you is a little bit different. But uh, we got to step aside because we do have <laughs> coming up next for your audible pleasure the cool breeze Jerry Dulac swinging into the uh, the locker room for a little bit of friendly banter. We'll do that on the other side of this commercial break. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks here on ESPN and SNR Radio.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, and when you hear that walk-in music, you know can only be one man, the cool breeze himself, Jerry Dulac. And he's brought to you by Brookline Pub and Pizza in Brookline with $2.50 Bud Light 16-ounce drafts during all Steelers games. Jerry, good to have you aboard, my friend. How is your day going? Well, Wolf, my day is going fine. And any time I get to talk with uh, you and Max in the morning, well, it just kickstarts my day. So all is good. <laughs> Well, especially awesome. you got a scouting report from Max on the soup down there because he's a, he's like well, the soup not, Nazi. Not yet, uh, Max. We had some good chicken noodle uh, <laughs> yesterday, uh, but they're not going to let us attack that cafeteria until about uh, twelve thirty. So when the coordinators are, uh, we're going to go talk with them. Well, as soon as I'm done here. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you the update on the soup, Max, as, as quick as I can. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that, Jerry. That's hard-hitting journalism that I need. Yes, it is. Answer. At, at I do at need that highest answer. Level. <laughs> yes. At its yes, highest absolutely. level, Max. <laughs> All right, uh, Jerry, I, I got to ask, um, you know, as we kind of digest and turn the page just from Cleveland, um, from your perspective – you know, what, what What have you learned about this team um, that we can start to project forward as, as, it, as it comes to uh, getting ready for the Vegas Raiders? Well, um, what I've learned is I don't think is sustainable. And by that, I mean, uh, I've learned that the defense is going to have to bail out this offense and you can't expect them to score two touchdowns uh, every game. Uh, they hadn't done it in 13 years. So to, to think that that's going to happen, on any regular basis, well, that's being naive. But I think what it does point up once again is uh, that this team, this offense, as long as it continues to perform like it has, and I don't mean two games, I mean two seasons, um, then they're going to need their defense to, uh, you know, to carry this team. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin has always talked about for a defense to be elite, it has to have uh, has to make splash plays. And obviously, they made two of them the other day. And so, uh, you can't, again, you can't rely on that. But it's apparent that it, for till as long as this offense continues to struggle, that um, the defense is going to have to do that. Now, is that sustainable for 17 games? I, I don't think so. But uh, I think it still means it, uh, it, that they are going to have to operate that way until at some point they make some decisions about their offense because they can't keep going the way they're going. And look, fellas, I, I, you know, I know, I, I know this, it's two games. I'm not ready to push any panic buttons or sound the alarm. It's two games, right? but we'll see. Now I think, I think these next two games are going to be a little bit of an indicator or a barometer because these two defenses aren't the 49ers and aren't the Browns. Uh, so I think it's a better, a uh, little better opportunity to see what the offense can do. And if they struggle against these two teams, not that they're going to run through them left and right like the preseason, uh, but I think if they struggle in these next two offensively, now you have to start to think, okay, something's wrong, and is this fixable? And, uh, you know, then you have to really ask yourself some tough questions. 
Well, in my mind now, again, as I, I went through this whole thing, <laughs> uh, as I was prepping for today, just watching some film again, everything is fixable, but it's got to be fixed. That's the problem. You know, and, and I, I really agree with Mason Cole when he said, it's not the plays, it's the execution, summarizing what he said, because that's the same sort of mentality I come from. Look, as offensive linemen, Max and I, we're, we're pretty much, you know, you, you identify the play, you identify the guy, you go out and make the play, you make, you know, do what you need to do, wash, rinse, and repeat, keep rolling, you know. And so part of this is you see some improvement if you look from game one to game two you start to see some things start to to break out a little bit a little bit of chunk plays you got the pickens right. going 71 then 25 then 23 jalen warren doing some things Najee, couple back-to-back good runs now sporadic and too much of a you know the hunt and peck type of thing like like when i'm writing something on the computer I, i'm a one-finger guy i got it, it's terrible it takes me forever but the fact of the matter is that's kind of the way this offense is kind of evolving. I always felt in my mind before you develop that consistency, at least the hope that you got is when you break out with some big plays because you know you got some big-time performers, and if they're doing that, that sooner or later it's going to coalesce into something good. So that's what my thoughts are right now. No, I agree with you, Wolf, there. I mean, let's face it. They had you know five plays of over 20 yards. Uh, the other night, three of them by George Pickens, including that big 71-yarder. So there were some things that happened. You talk about, you know, explosive plays. They had, you know, they had uh, five of them, at least of, of over 20 yards. And and so I think those are the things that when you're looking for, for little positives and little glimmers of, of hope that this thing can work, yeah, that that was it. Uh, it's It was those other 85% and 90% of the plays uh, where they struggle, and it's just the lack of scoring touchdowns. I mean, they've had, I think, 25 drives, mm. and however many few have ended in points, 16% of those drives have ended in points. That's the lowest in the league. The league average is 37%, and they're not even sniffing that. And so that's that's what can't continue. That's what right. plagued them last year and the year before. And, you know, the funny thing is last year we saw those long drives, 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives, a somewhat routine. And and we, they don't even have that right now because of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the inconsistency of what's going on. And let's face it, the quarterback has struggled. And, and whatever is the impetus for his struggles, for his inaccuracy, whether it's I – can't, I can't believe that it's not liking or being uncomfortable with what's being called – because Kenny has the, you know, he goes over those plays with um, with Matt Canada in the game plan and says, yeah, I like that, I like that, I'm comfortable with that. No, I don't like that, I don't like that. Right. They throw him out. So, you know, it's a, it's a scripted game plan that has that has his approval. So I don't think it's anything like that. But it, I, I understand it could be a number of factors, you know, not getting the running game going, um, you know, not being able to use play action, having too much, you know, with the running games not working a lot of pressure then on the quarterback to perform uh, and not that Kenny can't handle that. I mean, he can, but whatever it is, whatever it is, and mainly it's just been his accuracy and he's even, he's even acknowledged that, um, you know, he, he has struggled these two games. Yeah. It's, it's been a, uh, it's been something that's frustrating. I know you talked about defense leading the way, um, you know, as we look at kind of <laughs> the injuries, uh, that that seem to be stacking up week after week on this defense. I mean, 
the depth truly being tested. You see Braden Fajoko being uplifted from the practice squad for this week. Um, just defensively, where, where have you seen the biggest growth outside of the outside linebackers? Because we know the prowess. We now have an AFC Defensive Player of the Week on one side, and of course, a guy who's on a tear for sacks and, and striking for the lead in that position. Also, uh, just where have you seen the, uh, you know, that, that growth and, 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 and some positivity on the defensive side? Yeah, uh, you know, Max, I'm still kind of waiting for some of that, and that's why I'm not, you know, good or bad. I'm not willing to judge after two games. You know, I try to watch what the inside backers are doing. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you see, obviously, we know a couple of those guys are thumpers. They're downhill players. I, 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 in particular, I kind of want to see and been waiting to see what impact that Cole Holcomb uh, is going uh, to have or can have, um, you know, and my concern about the secondary is I think that's the one position where if they have an injury, I, they, you know, they're pretty thin there. And so, you know, Joey Porter gone on the field for twice as many plays uh, the other uh, against the Browns as he did in the first game. We saw him make a couple plays. Um, I, I, I think um, so. Yeah. The outside pressure, and a run defense, let's face it, they've struggled. Uh, they're giving up a lot of yards. And so, um, but there's no question, the strength of this defense is, is on that, is on the edge. And we saw those guys, uh, both of them contribute. And, of course, Alex Highsmith in a big way. You know, i got to say, fellas, I, I, I had a chance to talk this morning to Jason Garrett, mm-hmm. who was on the national broadcast team for, for the game on Sunday night. Former quarterback, right. former coordinator, former head coach, who obviously knows offenses. And I was asking him, what does he see going on? And, he, and, and, of course, this is no surprise. He said, you know, for years, the Steelers, their identity is their defense. It always has been since 1969 when Chuck Noll came. And he said, but, the, but you, said, you don't see that on offense. There is no identity uh, post-Ben Roethlisberger. Let's face it, for 18 years, you knew the Steelers' identity. Yeah, early on when he was young, they, they, had the, they had the very good defense, outstanding defense. They could run the ball, and so they didn't have to have Ben throw a lot. But for most of his career, their identity was Ben. Uh, he carried that team, whether it was throwing the ball or handing off. And by that, I mean, you know, he made that running game go and vice versa. They don't, that's lack. There is no identity to this team, what they want to do, and really hasn't been since Matt Canada came. I mean, they want to run the ball this year. That's what they talked about. That's why they, re, you know, added to their offensive line. You know, they wanted to strengthen their lines of scrimmage. And, again, it's only two games. I understand. But that's, that's where – that's what they're searching for, and that's probably what they're going to continue to search for. There is no identity to this offense. And sometimes that's a coach-speak word. Sometimes that's an overused word. But you know the identity of this defense. They play the same way all the time. Tough, hard-nosed, aggressive. Uh, they get after it. And offensively, I think Mike Tomlin likes to be in attack mode, but they don't play that way. And, and then the question is, okay, do you have the players to play that way? I think they do. I think they do. But until we see it, you, you never know if it's more, okay, do you have the right players to play that way? Or do you have the players in the, in the, in the scheme that isn't uh, conducive to that. That's kind of what they have eventually, eventually going to have to ask themselves. One of the things that I'm looking forward to, and I, I really wish 
we could move forward in, in, in doing so. Is In game one, Kenny was in the shotgun 90% of the time. And in game two, I, I would think he, I got a feeling he was there right around the same time. Didn't we see more under center in preseason? I mean, didn't – Well, there's no yeah, – yeah, there's no question about it. In fact, I talked to Bill Cower about this. Uh, let me get inside before the train comes and you can't hear me. Oh, there you go. That's go. a there real pro. Um, See, ta- dispensing key information <laughs> as he's moving away from possible sound effects that could squash his his bit here. Right? Way to go, Jer. I try. I try. I try to find a nice, quiet background for you guys because <laughs> I don't want you to miss a word that I'm saying. So, yes. but you know, yeah. And so I've talked to Bill Cower about that uh, a couple times, and and just most recently about two weeks ago, and he said. You know, that's where Kenny should be and, and plays best for a number of reasons because it helps, it helps play action. And, um, yes. you know, uh, when he's, you know, he, he, does, he doesn't think he should be in the shotgun as many times as he is. And he's best served being under center. And he seems to, one, he's comfortable with it. And see, they, they just seem to perform better when he's, uh, when he's under center. You know, Wolf, I'm, it's funny you bring that up because I had not really paid attention and, and checked out how much he's been in the shotgun as opposed to how much he has been under center. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think, I think uh, you know, if, if you listen to Bill Cower, who knows a thing or two about right, that, and right. who, of course, is a big proponent uh, of the run game, you know, of relying on a strong defense and a good running game. Um, so no question. I, I yeah. think, yeah. I think that's something to, to uh, keep an eye on. Well, and I'm with you. I mean, you know, just from a schematic standpoint, Jerry, um, under center, and I, I've talked to a lot of defensive guys about this. It, it, it Once you get in shotgun, there's only so many things you can do, A. Right, right. B, you have to declare your intentions – a lot more visibly. So the play action fakes, um, you know, how an end around is done and the confusion and the quandary it puts a linebacker in is, is greater a weapon for the offense. Because if I'm a linebacker standing five yards off the ball and you're a quarterback standing five yards off the ball, I have 10 yards of reaction time. And I can see the ball a lot clearly unless you have to now turn your back to it, you know, to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback, and now I've lost sight of what the defense is doing momentarily and then have to readjust my eyes coming around, or I have or I have to do some type of other extravagant type of motions as the ball's being snapped, so you hope that that takes their attention as Calvin Austin's running behind, you know, the right guard at this moment or the left guard, and then the ball's being snapped. Like, there's so much more you have to do, whereas under center, I don't know as much because the way the play action is going, when you tuck it into the belly and pull it back in and you have that rollout where you're keeping it tucked tight and the running back's pretending to do it, it creates more it creates more quandary. So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. That's something Wolf talked about, and, and it is something because when you look at it just schematically, like you're not doing yourself any favors. You're, in fact, you're exposing yourself even more – to what can be done, and they can combat it a lot quicker and react to it a lot quicker. Um, yeah, and of, cor- me- and of course, oh, we go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say real quickly too, Max. And of course, the, the the flip side of that is 
Why do they put guys in the shotgun? Well, especially with a young quarterback, too. Uh, one, he's not turning his back to the defense, uh, you know, when, if he's going to drop back. And two, it's, it's, as a young guy, it gives him a greater opportunity to read the defense because, let's face it, that's one of the biggest things they have to learn. And so at least it gives them a better chance to figure out what the heck's going on and one of the reasons why they put him back there. But go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, my question to you is um, hmm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this delicately in a, in a, in a I know it's good. I know it's going to be a good one then. Intense. Go ahead. Um, I'll give you a de- I'll give you a delicate answer. Probably not, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I it just, but it has to come out on my side, you know, delicately. After that, it's it's, I, it's in right. the ether. Uh, <laughs> uh, just I mean, just get just get me in the ballpark, and I'll take you to the seat. There we go. There we go. Appreciate it. Oh, ticket Barker. Oh, ticket Barker. No. Um, can we? Uh, where, where's the patience level? with this offense overall. I, uh, that's, a, that's a good way of phrasing it. And, and I will tell you this, <laughs> Max, I don't, you know, first of all, I will say that those people who think that, uh, you know, the people ask, are they, you know, will they fire Matt Cannon? Can they? No, they're not going to do that. They, they never get rid of a coach midseason. They only got rid of one, and, and that was the special teams coach a number of years ago because he had some kind of personal problem. And that's why that's why that happened. So unless, unless Matt Cannon commits some kind of, egregious personal affront uh that's that's not going to happen but you know and that goes back to what i said about you know deciding okay is it the players or is it the scheme and i i I just can't see them two after two games in um being patient all year and to me i think when you get to the bye if you do uh, i mean when you do that you start to ask yourself those questions okay where are we with this and how long are we going to accept the way we're playing? Because you can't just keep doing the same thing, whether it's with the players or whether it's with the scheme. And I really, I really don't think it's with the players. And so I think, you know, are they, they there I'm on the other reaction? side, Jerry, I, I mean, What's you, that? you cannot, you cannot uh, uh, take, take the pressure off the players the players I, I i'm sorry but the players play and when you watch some of the things that go on you see that the execution at some critical points of the game they're, they're just not getting it done they'll tell you they're just not getting it done i you know right, it, well you so you can't you, you, everybody's got a hand in this no doubt about it oh there's no question there's no question uh but when you see the same thing happening with different players uh, then, then you have to question, is it the players or is it the way you're asking them to perform? You know, it's simple things, too. You know, well, if I, I don't pretend to know this, so I go talk to the people who do. And it's, and it's you, know, it, you know, having the wrong formation with the types of running plays they want to run, um, you know, or, or that are called. Uh, you know, they, they're, put in, they're put in formations that aren't going – that don't have a great chance of being successful. And so – I'm not laying it all off on him just as it's the players. You're right. The players have to go execute it, you know? So it, it, it's not as simple as that, but it, the, the question that is going to be answered uh, asked is how long do you right. keep accepting it? Right. And, and then where, again, where do you draw the line? You figure it's the players, some of the players who are playing, or is it uh, the way, what you were asking them to do? And that, that's, uh, 
I, you know, I just don't think, and again, it's two games in, I'm not pushing any panic right, buttons or right. saying they need to make big changes. It's not the case, but um, it will, you know, it's going, we'll see how it unfolds. We'll see how it unfolds because what we've seen now for two years has not been encouraging. No, no. I will give you one last thing that I don't like about the shotgun. Okay. And that was, goes back to Mike Webster talking about it back years and years ago. One of the things that, that he didn't like that, uh, you know, was the fact that when you have to do something like shoot, you know, snapping the ball back five yards and then come off on a guy that's 300 pounds trying and you're trying to move him, that's that doesn't give you the ability to power up enough. You know what I mean? Right, if he can right, snap it right, directly right. under center to a quarterback, he now he can snap it and do it hard and step at the same time and be able to get in a power position and use his strength to be able to get the job done. That was my biggest beef because at the point of attack, if your center has to snap the ball with some delicacy and then make sure that he snaps it correctly and then comes off, now you got, to me, you got that one, one, two, three heartbeats of a step that, that that's taking you longer than you should and you don't have the uh, ability to use your strength immediately and that's my that that you know that's my biggest beef with it in the blocking scheme <laughs> well i can uh, wolf, uh spoken <laughs> like a true offensive lineman there you yes, go i i could i would believe that i would think that would be uh, uh especially difficult uh, oh different certainly a lot different and not as easy uh, when you're in the shotgun as it would be just snapping under center. <laughs> Absolutely. Jerry, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. I know you got the coordinator meeting coming up, and uh, we appreciate you jumping on board as always. Thank you so much, All brother. right, boys, and I will see you on the, in the desert on Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, that is Jerry Dulac, brought to you by the Brookline Pub and Pizza in Brookline with $2.50 Bud Light 16-ounce drafts during all Steelers games. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, bell lap time in the locker room. Ah, such a sweet sound. (laughs) Because it just reminds me of... It's also foraging time after that bell rings. Uh, You know, great stuff we had by Jerry. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to pose this question um, because I think that's one, you know, writer versus former player. So I pose this question to you, Wolf. Okay. Is Jalen Warren the solution to getting this run game spark? I think he's part of the solution. I still think Najee is the bigger part of the solution right now. But again, Jalen Warren, the division of labor is being evened up a little bit more, but we see what Najee can do when Najee has an, has that opportunity to express his talent with the, you know, people that are getting the blocking done. You know, you saw the, we saw the 21 yarder. We saw the 17 yard reversal. 
You know, what happens when, when you know, they, they go on an inside zone and nothing happens? Part of the problem to me is, again, if you go under center, you don't see things as quickly at linebacker, and you give your center the initial push that he needs because he can come off solid and be able to snap that ball directly to the quarterback's hands, which is under his rump, right? Right yeah. underneath the ham hocks and power away and double team and get movement movement we need some movement on those inside zones and that's the thing to me that i i would like to see more of that and i would also like to see a little bit of jumbo you know we got darnell washington we can do some jumbo things with uh maybe a a backup tackle also but there's also the desire on my part uh, and we've talked about this max where's the screens they had one screen to pat fryermuth that was set up beautifully but the guards all whiffed, you know? I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You know, you, you got to say it like it is. They had it set up, and uh, a couple guys, they whiffed on the block, okay? It's not like I, I'm not I'm not blaming guys just simply because I've done that. <laughs> I've been there. I've whiffed, okay? I know how it feels. It's not a good yeah. feeling. But the, everything was set up perfectly for it. You've got to block it, and they know it. You know, it's not that they can't. It's just one of those times that you got beat. But to me, in my mind, I'd love to see under center and a little more screen action. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think you have to, and you have to not be afraid of running at the teeth of a defense. Yes. I think that's the other thing, the fear factor concept. What happens if they do? Well, they'll still tackle you the same way that they tackle you when you run to the outside. <laughs> that, that That's all that's going to happen. Yeah. But it's the intent to allow your guys to stay more square and allow them to go north and south and not northwest, not northeast, you know, or kind of you have to go southeast to get to get northeast and, right. and all this other stuff. Just go north, right? Yes. I mean, listen, that's why we that's why we have a north star. We don't have a northeastern star, you know. We don't have a southern star. <laughs> Although I've seen them after have a good hit in the head, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, the, the, but th th those are those are shooting stars. Uh, <laughs> Because they're constantly moving around your head like orbit. <laughs> they're so sparkly, Max. They're so sparkly. Yeah, exactly. They're shiny. There's like a little trail to them too. It's it's really it's really awesome. No, uh, <laughs> but you you know I think I think you're right in the same intent. And you know while we're on the subject of getting the run game going, I mean it's ranked 31st right now in the NFL. Uh, I have a bone to pick with PFF. Oh yeah. Okay, let's hear it. First of all, I'm not a big, not a big fan of PFF, and to anybody that works at PFF, ah, deal with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I say all, uh, right out of the yeah. gate, I'm with you, bud. Go ahead. Okay, they graded Dan Moore out at a 3.5 out of 100. Oh my goodness! In, in, in his performance last week, Miles Garrett had one tackle in yep. the game. Yep. Yes, he had a couple of hits or near miss. You. The, PFF does not understand this. And yes, you can go hire a bunch of football guys to pad your analytic stats, but you know, on your whatever your proprietary algorithmic, you know, new nuance, nuisance that it is. But, you know, it's picking the obvious and then tearing apart the guys who actually, you know, have to go play the game. Right. And yes, I know, listen, listen, one of my good buddies, Bruce Gatkowski, works for PFF. Right. He comes in, he tries to provide context for everything. I don't know who the lineman is that they've engaged, but I know the guys. I know the guys are are are, are from like England who started it, and I, it, it it pisses me off yep. because 
if you knew what it was to play a left tackle position and to go up against a guy that has 75 and a half sacks, considering an all pro and a really good guy, and you neutralize him, yep. victory. Thank you. Victory. I don't want to see 3.5 out of it. It should be 3.5 out of 5. Yeah. Like, that's what it should be. So that's my frustration. So, PFF, I don't care if you hear this. I don't care if, you're, if your knicker's getting all twisted up, <laughs> as uh, Wesley would say. Because that is BS, and and you unfairly put Boo. you know a young man. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Boo. Boo birds. Boo. We're raining down yeah. on PFF. Right. That's right. I, I'm just yeah. That that just that that just got got me a little fired up when I read that, and and you know and and Dan, keep doing what you're doing because guess what? It, it is enough, and it's and it's getting the job done. And he's you're getting not giving better. up a bunch of sacks. Yep. And Nick Bosa. Didn't see as much Nick Bosa in week one either. What happened to Nick Bosa? What happened to him? Just saying. (laughs) So, with that, I bid everybody a good day except PFF. Um, (laughs) Ooh, that was petty. Um, But uh, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, You know, we'll be here back again. Same bat channel, same bat time for Game Time Friday. We will get you ready for what you're going to see against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to go into our full-on scouting report, and we'll also throw in some beef eater matchups to just make it all good, like a cherry on top, you know, or a cherry tomato on top of a mashed potato sundae. Anyways, uh, it's lunchtime, as you can tell. So go forage, go go be happy and merry. Then, of course, in the words of Mike Tomlin, we want to keep you fat, sassy, and happy. All right. You've been in the locker room. Wolf, Starks, Wesley Euler on the engineering ones and twos. We'll be back later.